Well, welcome to the latest ASA podcast with me, Dr. Chris Geel, and I am broadcasting live, kind of, sort of, from the Lake of the Ozarks. So I'm down here to give a talk for the Missouri Society of CPAs. So as I speak to you, I'm gazing out at a very nice lake, and I'm in a suit. So that just doesn't seem right, if you ask me. One of the questions that was submitted by members is around shortages. The original question was, what is the semiconductor shortage meaning for industry in general? How is it affecting automation, robotics, automotive, automotive aerospace, etc.? The semiconductor shortage has kind of eased. We're not seeing the crisis that we saw even several months ago, certainly not a year ago. Uh, Taiwan Semiconductor is the world's largest producer of semiconductors, and they have largely caught up with demand. And we're not in the crisis mode that we were earlier, but that whole issue of supply chain obviously is still very much front and center. And whether it is semiconductors that were short or any of a thousand other intermediate projects, um, products, you're still seeing a lot of companies struggling with how to handle that supply chain. But now there is an additional concern. Companies that were reacting to the supply chain crisis by ordering more than they normally order are now stuck with inventory they can't get rid of. And we've discovered that something like 65 to 70 percent of businesses are now reporting that they're overstocked. Natural reaction to the supply chain crisis, and I've talked about it before in various presentations, for example, the faucet manufacturer that over-ordered the little discs that said H and C because at one point they were inhibited from shipping the faucets because they didn't have the little H and C to indicate which was cold, which was hot. They over-ordered, kind of in compensation, for that decision, and now they're trying to figure out what to do with all the inventory they no longer need. This has become a chronic problem, and it's not clear exactly how companies are going to resolve that circumstance, because what they're hoping for is that that inventory gets picked up at some point, and until that that inventory begins to diminish, then they're, they're stuck with the overordering. So that, I, pardon me for the pool people wandering past. <laughs> so you get a little extra with today's podcast. The big issue really comes down to the restructuring of supply chain. Are we going to be in the same position that we've been in before? Are we going to have more dependence on China, less dependence on China. If we don't get it from China, who do we get it from? One of the changes is that China is no longer the predominant supplier for the United States. Up until this last year, China accounted for 50% of the imports of consumer goods brought into the United States. It's now less than that. We're now getting more than half of those imports from other countries, often in Asia itself, but Latin America, even from Africa, even from Europe. The supply chain is more diverse than it used to be, which is a good thing, but it also is a little less reliable. We learned how unreliable China could be because of COVID, but up until then, 
the advantage to dealing with China is that they were able to meet that demand. They had the productive capacity, they were able to be part of the supply chain system more or less effortlessly. Now that they're not as reliable and we're looking at other countries, well, now we're facing all those other concerns which we didn't have to deal with with China. Infrastructure plays a big role. Whether or not these industries have the capacity to really meet the need, uh, we're now turning to places like Vietnam and Thailand and India. They all have their own inhibitions. India is severely inhibited by what's going on with infrastructure, as we can see just recently. I mean, the big train wreck that took place in India, well, that was their state-of-the-art rail system. That wasn't one of their old trains. That was one of their new ones, and it was on new track. And basically, it was a technological breakdown that ended up having trains collide with one another. So we've got a circumstance where we're relying on new countries but we're not sure if that system is going to be able to handle what China so effortlessly handled for years. Bottom line is supply chain is going to maintain its role as a pivotal concern for business. It used to be something we could kind of take for granted. Supply chain managers were not so put upon as they are now and that's something that's just going to continue to be a drain on resources it's going to cause a lot of of kind of restructuring of how we have done supply chain we have to have multiple suppliers some of that makes things a little more secure multiple suppliers is better than a single supplier but it's also a lot more complicated so the bottom line is that that role which was relatively calm for many, many decades is now anything but calm, and there's going to be a lot of emphasis placed on the supply chain manager to try to figure out where stuff is coming from, how it's going to get to the U.S., also dealing with the potential for reshoring. You know, as we see more reshoring, then that simplifies some of that supply chain, but it also adds cost. Anything that comes back to the United States is going to be that much more expensive because costs are higher here. It's going to be everything from higher labor costs, higher regulatory costs, you name it, those costs are higher. That's why companies moved out of the U.S. in the first place. So with that, I leave you and I'm going to dodge the people that are coming in and out from the pool and I'll talk to you next week.